1: What's up, all? Aaron, but not that Aaron, here to tell you about Sip Pop Writers Room. For the past several years, there have been a growing amount of writers for SipPop.com, providing best ever challenges, movie reviews, themes, legacies, connections, and so much more. Sippop Writers Room is where that all comes together, giving a voice to those words that you read. And on the show, every week is excellent, getting to chat such a wide variety of movies with a wide variety of movie lovers, and I'm really having a lot of fun with the show, and I just think that you would too. So check out Sip
2: Pop Writers Room wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you over there. Just remember to knock first.
3: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast where everything between these three microphones is work. It's Sif Pop.
0: It, it,
3: it, it. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. (laughs) Okay. Now, see, we do have a podcast (laughs) audience. I'll explain that in a second. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and just because he lives in a hole in the ground doesn't mean he doesn't know about TNT. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Hard work. Uh, each week, we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, and please welcome our guest this week. His podcast studio will keep getting hotter until he solves his review. It's Jonathan Paula, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! You are you are muted, my friend. You are muted. Uh, uh,
1: thank you for yeah. the heads up. I appreciate that. No um, problem. Yeah, great to be back. Um, I don't know if it's going to be great to talk about these two films, but...
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Yeah, I just shall. love that you, you experience your own little escape room for us uh, to yeah, re- record yeah, yeah. this show. It's very kind of you. Uh, for the uh, podcast audience, uh, Andrew, when it was his... Time to uh, say patrons get those perks. Uh, He held up a sign. I I
2: said patrons get those perks or whatever happens
3: after that when you make a noise or whatever. Whatever he held up a sign, uh, Wiley E Coyote style. Uh, That said, witness me. Um, So there you go. There you go. Uh, I am excited. I'm always excited to talk about uh, movies with you guys. We've got a couple movies. uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions in Space Jam, A New Legacy uh, to talk about today. And in honor of both of them being five word colon titles, uh, we are going to do. That's right. Best ever five word colon titles movie titles um
1: we'll get into this at the end of the show but i just want to say it would have been so much more fun if we did the worst ever movies with five (laughs) words (laughs) that's
3: true you're not there is there is we were scraping the bottom of the barrel it's yeah we'll talk about that later (laughs) there were there were quite a few uh i was surprised when i first i just as a joke i looked this up to see if we even had you know five that we could use and um and there's more than you would think. It's a it's a very like for a colon oh, I, title, I, five words. I put and, together
1: a list of at least thirty movies. Um yeah. uh, but it was harder to find ones I really loved. Yeah. There was plenty
3: I hated. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There's four that I'm not mad at.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh we'll also of course do our buried treasure, fun stuff like that. Um yeah, John and uh, Andrew, I'm excited to talk movies with you guys. Uh, I was. Uh, this is going to be a good episode. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk a little bit about Space Jam, a new legacy. Welcome, King James. I'm a cartoon. Uh,
1: I'm shorter than Kevin Hart.
3: No, 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 no.
0: What's up, Doc?
1: Bugs! Bring it here, man!
3: What brings you to Tone War, Doc? The computer dude kidnapped my son. No! What in the Matrix hell? Hey! What'd you do to my son?
0: The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little
3: basketball. You want to play me in basketball? When LeBron and his young son, Dom, are trapped in a digital space by rogue AI, LeBron must get them home safe by leading Bugs, Lola Bunny, and the whole gang of notoriously undisciplined Looney Tunes to victory over the AI's digitized champions on the court. It's Toons versus Goons in the highest stakes challenge of his life. Uh, Let's start here even before we do liked it, loved it, disliked it, hated it, or it was just okay. Let's start here. Um, experience with the original Space Jam. Jonathan, That's you go a, first. That is a great question. Um, I am a millennial.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, proud of that. I'm a proud millennial. And I saw Space Jam when I was uh, in my formative age, around 10 or 11 years old. I was a huge fan of the NBA and the Dream Team during that era. I think everybody was a huge kind of Bulls fan, uh, if you were a young boy in America. And yeah, Space Jam was awesome. I remember seeing it in theaters. I, I remember really enjoying it. And I rewatched it uh, 10 years ago, and I rewatched it again this week. And a lot of it doesn't work. Michael Jordan is probably the worst actor uh in the entire film. <laughs> I sure, think it, it would have sure. been I think markedly Easy. better. It would have been way better if they just had Charles Barkley be the lead. I think he has way more charisma. He would have been way more fun. But like the conceit and like having the supporting players with Bill Murray and Wayne New- uh yeah Wayne Wayne Knight, not Wayne Newton. Wayne uh Wayne Knight. Um they're fun. I think there's a lot of gags in it that still work and more importantly it's short. The movie's like 80 minutes without credits. It's very quick. Mhm um and and it is not a it's not a fantastic movie but i think it's good and it's fun and as a kid i enjoyed it
3: uh andrew what Um, about you
1: so good memories of it
2: i'm gonna literally echo everything john just said it was like formative years i was a huge bulls fan back in the 90s uh this movie was my childhood i would watch it all the time i had the cd for the soundtrack, because that yeah, CD the music, is so, good. Is, the music so is, good. is so good to this day, that is an amazing soundtrack for a Kwan movie. Quad City
0: DJs,
2: <laughs> yes, good. the monsters, uh, yeah. But you, yeah, you, I you, I did Aaron, not I did not recently re- rewatch it though because it's one of those movies. If I rewatch it, I know I'm just going to be like, "Ooh, Jordan's bad." Ooh. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. So. <laughs> Well, guys, I'm a little older than you. Yeah, um, I was gonna say you
1: you were probably in your mid twenties or so when yeah, this
3: came out. Yeah, I I I was I was twenty when this came out. Um I was okay. firmly in college and uh I Loved movies. I would watch a lot of movies that came out, um, but uh, no, I I did not enjoy. If that's your caveat, <laughs> <laughs> hey guys,
2: I, back then I loved movies.
3: Add to that, add to that the fact that I am a lifelong diehard Pistons fan, and oh. the, yeah. the Michael Jordan thing oh. uh, isn't <laughs> isn't necessarily uh, going to be the the draw for me. Um, although, I mean, how can you not love and respect MJ and everything he did? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so anyhow, I did not have the same kind of soft spot in my heart that, that a lot of people did for that nostalgia. I'm interested in how it will, uh, interested in how it will impact our reviews of the movie. Um, Andrew, this time we'll start with you. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? This is one of the
2: worst movies ever made, and I'm going to say it's Okay. (laughs)
3: Uh, I like that. I like that. Uh, what about you, John? Um honestly, I'm I'm inclined to agree like uh, like objectively and
1: and technically it's it's awful. It's atrocious. Every decision yeah. I hate, but at the same time I kind of had fun. There was a, there was some of it that I kind of enjoyed and like it wasn't all worthless. Uh, this was like a very like high side of hated it, if that
0: makes any sense. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, Aaron. I I think I'm just going to go low side of it was just okay. Um, I, I have very similar feelings as you that there are just some objectively. Uh, I hate using that word with any kind of art. Yeah. But and if,
1: I, as soon as I did, I'm like, yeah, that's that's not.
3: There are some. What I, very, but you're not wrong. Well, very very commonly understood as poor yeah. choices you know bad things going on movie wise it's just not how you make a great movie according yeah.
1: to maybe a better word is like structurally yeah. or or narratively there's a lot of blocks here that just do not add right. up to the sum that they're trying to
3: reach what's interesting though is you talk about the fun element of it this is a this is a movie that is kind of following its own advice uh, because the themes and, and message of this movie is, you know, you do you, you you do you. Yeah. Quit worrying about, you know, uh, and just and have fun, have fun, you know. Don't let funs and it's like this movie's like, yeah, we're just gonna have fun. We're gonna take all the walls down. We're gonna, ha- you know, and have a blast. And but there's something admirable there, I guess. You know, like it's not, it, it doesn't make for me like a a. Like a transcendent movie watching experience or anything, but I imagine, like you mentioned, as a kid enjoying the first one, I imagine it's very much the same for this one. I imagine uh, uh, kids may really, really enjoy this. I don't know that they're getting a lot of the inside jokes, but (laughs) that's what I wanted
0: to talk
3: about. (laughs) This, this we have we have to get that elephant out of the room because this movie
1: shoots movie references at you like a fire hose. There's just like right. Clockwork no, Orange and game it of thrones. Warner and game and, and it's like
3: a fire hose. <laughs> there's and more there's, than just it's, Warner Brother references here. There's Star Trek references. Like there's there's all okay, sorts well, of Warner stuff. Okay, Warner Brothers
2: owns all that
3: stuff. Not Star Trek. Warner Brothers yeah. That's that's Viacom. That's CBS.
1: Yeah, there's there's a there's some crossover, but yeah, majority of it is the Warner Brothers. The majority of it IP. is
3: Warner Brothers, but yeah, they they definitely yeah. use uh at least hint at other IP of, other than their own as well. Yeah.
2: Well, like I held up the the witness me sign, you know mm-hmm. the Wiley e. Coyote. Like, there's going to be kids watching this movie asking their dad, like, Dad, what's that a reference to? Oh, it's a reference to a movie called Mad Max: Fury Road. It's in a post apocalyptic <laughs> horror film where people kill each other, which is,
1: which is a heavy, <laughs> R <rating.
2: laughs> yeah, heavy R rating. Heavy R rating. And then during the game, they're going to be like, Dad, who's that clown over there? Oh, that's Pennywise. He's a demon from the fifth dimension who's going to eat you in your dreams. Yeah, and those guys <laughs>
1: you know? in the background, that's, that's Michael McDowell from Clockwork Orange, a uh, Stanley Kubrick yeah. film from 43 years ago. Like, mm-hmm. what? Who? who is this movie for? The references exactly. are Exactly. I think the Harry Potter stuff and the Matrix stuff, I think most kids will probably kind of dig that. But there's so many, like, cutaways and throwaway gags that are just like, okay, I guess... Like, just because you yeah. own it doesn't mean you have to jam it in there. And it but, felt like an even worse version of Ready Player One.
3: <laughs> yes, it's definitely, oh, a, yeah. the, definitely that Ready Player One feel, not just for the Iron Giant uh, uh, references. Yeah. But um, yeah. but it, I I think I disagree slightly. I think I disagree slightly. I think if you're going to go this route and you're going to turn on the fire hose, uh, as, if that's the metaphor, I think you just turn on the fire hose because, you know... Y- There are going to be people like you and and, uh, like us who get all that stuff or at least most of it. And then there's the kids are going to get the stuff they get and have fun with it, you know, like the Harry Potter stuff or, you know, some of the the cartoon stuff, um, you know, and that's going to be enough for them. I don't know that you gain anything. Like, it becomes such a cacophony of reference that... There's, it's almost not even a movie anymore. It's just uh, I I I understood that reference, you know, like that's it. Just becomes that after that after that, um, and I I think if that's the route you're going, I think it's okay. I don't I don't know that I would hold them too accountable for putting I, all that I don't, stuff maybe, in.
1: Maybe it's not the the breadth of the references is not particularly what irks me. It's the lack of humor. It's not like sure. there's this yes. there's this trending media, especially that. lately, where it's like hey here's a thing you remember laugh at it laugh at it right it's like, but you're not you're not actually recontextualizing this in any way that is humorous or even interesting it's just here's King Kong okay what do you want me to do with that it's just yes that is King Kong right. you're right now, now why
3: the- is that Useful, you know. There are some moments where they they recontextualize stuff, and the yes. Mad Max Fury yes. Road is one of those. And there's a Casablanca yep. moment, and
2: see, yeah. there are. I laughed in this movie. I can't say I didn't laugh because I laughed. Mm-hmm. But I, but while I was watching, I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, it's one of those things. And I don't know if like this is. I guess Aaron, I would have to ask you. Like, does it, did it feel at all like the original Space Jam? Like, am I just no. having you know? No. It millennial it goggles on like no. this movie is just as bad as the first one is or no
1: this is worse but the, the original space jam had the had simplicity on its side it was a very very simple setup like we need to fight the Monstars, and they're short so let's challenge them to a game of basketball and who's good at basketball michael jordan that's the entire plot this one is like there's an ai and he's evil and he recruits lebron's fictionalized son who is into video games so they make the basketball game into a video game and then they recruit other basketball players but turn them into video game characters with special powers and then also the audience has to be all of Warner Brothers intellectual property for the last 95 years and then it's also humanity has been sucked into the phone through scanned cameras and then they are going to be kidnapped and prisoners if you don't win the game and it's like what is going on here just have it be about basketball like you're so overcomplicating this I can't imagine any child under the age of sixteen is going to be like this makes sense. They can't because I'm 35 and I'm like this is stupid. I can't follow <laughs> any of it.
3: Uh, to answer your question, Andrew, yeah, they're pretty much the same in my book. <laughs> um, I, I I had this they're just th- as silly. Yeah, and and you you're not wrong that everything's turned up to eleven here, but a lot of the stuff you're talking about is in that original as well. There's cameo after cameo after yes. cameo in that original, and it's just like, oh, we have access to this person, throw them in. We have access to this, so it's kind of that same kind of energy, like we're bringing all of pop culture into you know the tune world or whatever. Um, I will say, as far as positives go, I think this movie effects-wise is gorgeous. I think some of the stuff they are doing with the yeah. animation styles is really interesting and fun. Um, I even thought the the 3D facelift to the tunes was pretty well done. And you know, when you when you do that stuff, you risk really kind of ruining the the soul of the animated creation. And I thought, for the most part, they you know managed to figure out a way to to make it feel like no, those were still the characters; they were just computer generated at this point. Um, and then it made you know for a part of the movie, right? Like they made it into a part of kind of what was going on in the film. Uh, I also uh want to say that as far as, you know, performances go, Don Cheadle is actually doing something. Like Don he's,
1: Cheadle gave everything. He he, did. he went all in yeah. on it. It's he really did.
3: Good. You know, good for him. Like he's having fun. He's doing what like he's he he understood this movie, um, and was in a lot of it. Many of the other cameos that might have given good performances were just there for like a hot second and then gone, you know. Um Sarah Silverman and uh Um, I'm trying to remember who were some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, Yun, Yun, Yun. yep, was there as well, Stephen Yun. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, um, and then one I won't spoil because it's a it's a joke in the movie that I was I was waiting for, and I was glad that we made it. Yeah, that
1: was that was legitimately funny. That was not ironically not uh, embarrassing. That was just genuinely a good funny joke.
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah, that
1: sort of subverted expectations in a in a great way.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it made me laugh. You know, this movie made me laugh. I can't deny that. Yeah. But you feel every guilty every single for time. It. I, I felt <laughs> that's literally, I yeah. felt guilty every single time I laughed. I'm like, I shouldn't find this funny. Here's a question, though. Growing up in, you know, John, whenever you and I were young, looney tunes were the thing they were huge mm-hmm. you know it was a oh, yeah, big yeah. deal I, I mean
1: i grew up on tiny tune adventures watched that every yeah. day after school when i was young um so yeah I, that I they were part of the the zeitgeist in the 90s i yeah, don't know that I, bugs bunny resonates with kids anymore and i sound that's like what i'm person saying person when i say that but does anyone care about bugs bunny or elmer fudd in 2021
3: i don't know that they do uh I do know that those characters are still actively making new content though. Like you know, HBO yeah. Max has a has a new Looney Tunes show. Like I don't know yep. who's watching it or how many people are watching it. A lot of how the old exist. Looney the a lot of the old Looney Tunes uh cartoons are on HBO Max. Um and it's quite possible parents you know sit down with their kids and fire up uh, you know looney Tunes to kind of keep them company. So I don't know. I, it's, it's possible, but I kind of think I'm with you. I, I don't know that this generation uh, is but maybe Bugs Bunny is ubiquitous. Maybe it's just so in the cultural consciousness that every generation kind of, you know knows who Bugs Bunny yeah. is or Daffy Duck is. Yeah. Um, but I, I and maybe wrong. it doesn't like,
1: matter, because the movie made 55 million dollars in the last three days. So like, clearly, what do we know?
2: <laughs> yeah. It just, like, I, I could understand, like, the three of us, like, if we were to watch, when we watch this movie, us going, oh, there's our favorite Looney Tune, like, I was going, oh, there's Marvin the Martian, or, oh, there's Wile E. Coyote, you know, my, like, I would pick out my favorites, and that would kind of make me happy, I I don't see, I, maybe... I just don't know kids today, so I don't know like if they watch Looney Tunes or what they're Those watching. Kids today with their other shows. <laughs> yeah, or if they even watch stuff, or if they're just, you know, like on well, the tweeters and stuff like that. And that's all they do.
3: John, I mean, John, you've got kids that would be kinda in that range, or getting close to that range, right? Like Um as as we speak, my youngest
1: Emery, three and a half years old, is downstairs watching Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet right uh with her mom and i watched the first 45 minutes or so with her until i had to come up to the office and, and record the show but um and i don't know that she got she loved the first one which, which we just watched yesterday but i don't know that she gets any of like the the references to the internet like the jokes mm-hmm. about she, she I, I know she doesn't she doesn't understand what google is yet another five or six years maybe but um, i think she just likes the you know The the characters and the jokes and the sort of slapsticky stuff. And that is definitely here. And there's plenty of that here. So I think from like a a flashy attention grabbing uh, perspective, uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy has plenty of that, that it's going to entertain sort of the ADHD crowd for lack of a better descriptor. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's also a lot in it that's like clearly aimed at millennials who grew up with the first one that are trying to like, they're definitely trying to go back to that well and recapture it. There's some nods and winks to the first movie. Um, but yeah, it is sort of a, a like a weird amalgamation of like all these different competing styles
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, yeah. uh, I don't know if any of it works, but it's just like as a blender of everything, it's, it's drinkable, <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know what color this is. I don't know if it's good for you, but like, all right. Yeah. I could, if I'm, if I'm thirsty, I would drink it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of my feelings on this. It is definitely the Capri sun of, uh, (laughs) of movies. Like, it's like, I'm not sure what's in this, if it's good for me or not, but boy, it tastes good on a cold, you know, on a hot day. So, you know, might as well stick a straw through it and, and, you know, drink it down. Yeah. Uh, So I
1: I think like, uh, yeah, paradoxically, I would, I would recommend this even though it's not a good movie. It's just like a three or a four out of 10. This mm -hmm. is like a,
3: not a good film at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm on the exact same page. Um, I, I totally agree, except I would not recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, you it would... value
1: other people's time? I want other people <laughs> to commiserate with me.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Like here's the Misery question. I'm, does I'm, look, love company? Here's the question I'm asking myself, and I guess I could get an answer from you guys before we move on to the next thing. Um, unless you have anything else uh, that you wanted to mention about this movie,
2: but no post credits scene.
1: Are you glad you watched it? Yeah. All movies have value.
2: Ooh. I don't believe that at all. Uh, <laughs> uh Glad is a strong word.
3: Yeah. I'm okay with watching. Uh, it. Do you feel Have, like your two hours it. time investment? It, it it is definitely much longer than an hour and fifty five minutes yes. pushing it for a yes. film like this. And that's my original, question. Yeah. If today You knew generally the experience that you were going to have. Would you invest two hours of your life in having that experience? Well, I
1: mean, I did that yesterday, and I knew exactly what the... I knew the experience would be this. I knew it would
3: be just like a
1: mess
2: of... For me, yeah, simply for the fact that it felt good watching Looney Tunes again. Yeah, yeah. There you you go. I think that's a recommend. other than that, no.
3: I think that's a recommend. I think, you know, to somebody... Who is going to find some fun in it and enjoy the characters and just and know they're not getting Shakespeare? Um, You know,
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's this. We we had this conversation with Fast Nine just a few weeks ago. Like you know what you're getting. Yeah. I think if you're curious about this movie because you like the original or just are familiar with the original, I think you've already made up your mind. Like okay, I kind of want to check this out. I want to yeah. see what it's about. And in all honesty, LeBron's pretty good. He's certainly better
3: than Michael. No. Was. <laughs> you don't think he was good? I, I no. think he's he was athlete right. good. He's athlete good. At, he's I, not yeah. actual good. He's you know, yeah. Like there's a there's a sliding scale. I, I thought
2: think. he was just as bad as Michael.
1: Oh, I, I I'm watching him back to back. Michael is so much more stiff. He had like no charisma, no energy. Well, you can and tell that's next Le- to Bill Murray's like flat,
3: flat. Right. You can tell. You can tell. LeBron grew up in more of a visual medium era, right? Like he's been on camera. And you know, performing on camera in some way or another, you know, since he was in high school, um, so probably even junior high. Um, but yeah, yeah.
1: Again, I don't, I don't think he was great, but I think he was better than Michael, and I think he he was serviceable. He did it when he yeah. needed to.
3: Well, there you go. That is uh, Space Jam, a new legacy. Uh, and you can will check, they make a third? You can check. I think so. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, hope not. I mean,
1: we wait another twenty office, years for another generation. The next. No. You know, five-time MVV.
3: No, they'll milk it a lot quicker this time, um, yeah. I would imagine. Uh, based on Curry's the box office, <laughs> you you mentioned the box office. Look, this is two weeks in a row we have seen a movie that is available in home. And in this case, f- like with no extra charge, right. do really well yeah. at the box office. This is an interesting I did. I, – I'm just saying I did not expect movies to do this well that were available at home. Uh, yeah, I think streaming we've services. had this conversation yeah. on the
1: show before. Does the at streaming, the streaming services cannibalize the theater experience? And I, they might not. They might not compliment. as much as
3: I thought for sure. Not as much right. as I thought for sure. So that that could make things very interesting.
1: Fifty four million in three days is uh, is a pretty. That's worldwide. To be fair, that's yeah. not domestic. It was like thirty um, thirty three or
3: something. Thirty thirty
1: one six domestic and fifty four six worldwide. Uh, and yeah, that that's. I mean, coming out of the pandemic with the streaming compliment – I, that's a, that's a pretty decent take, I would think
3: for, well, and then if I you, think, and, the if one you weekend. and if you look at what Disney said about, you know, the, their 60 million they made on the premier access for black widow, like, yep. I think you'll see HBO move to maybe that thing where it's like, Hey, you know, for 20 that's bucks, exactly. you can have it at home or whatever, um, or you can go see it in the theater. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. It could be, could be really interesting uh, times we're heading towards.
1: And, and I, for one, with the young kids at home who can't always afford a babysitter for a night out, I, I love being able sure. to just watch it at home. That sure. is such a
3: big convenience. All right, let's move on to Escape Room, Tournament of Champions.
2: I know this is a lot to ask, but thank you for coming with me. Do you hear that? Hey, what the hell is going on? Yeah, the train is uncoupled! You gotta be kidding me. Hold on! Welcome to Minos Escape Rooms. No, no, no. It's
0: happening again.
2: You guys have played the game before?
1: So what is this? Like a
3: tournament of champions?
1: Look, we all know how this works. We solve the puzzles
3: or we die. Six people unwittingly find themselves locked in another series of escape rooms. So slowly uncovering what they have in common to survive as they discover all the games that they've played before. Uh, All right. Escape room tournament of champions is the follow up to, I'm going to call it a surprise hit uh, escape room. I don't remember what the details on that were. I just remember there was some fairly positive uh, buzz, all things considered about the first movie, certainly enough that they made a second one. Um, So, Let's start here. Uh, What is your familiarity with the first escape room? Uh, Andrew, we'll start with you.
2: I watched the first escape room five minutes before I left to go and watch the
3: second escape. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll allow it. We'll we'll save your opinions on that then maybe. Uh, Jonathan, what about you?
1: So I saw the first Escape Room, I think, when it came to to streaming and DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly, when you sent out the email for this week's episode, I was like, oh, Escape Room, really? I'm not really excited about that at all. But I went back and I read my review of the original, and I had completely forgot I actually liked it. I, I gave that a favor. <laughs> I was like, this was, I think the words I said were like better than average and like surprising, pleasantly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pleasantly thrilling. Um, so yeah, I, I do not remember much of the original. Um, but when I look back at what I wrote about it, clearly I had a good time.
3: And I guess as good a time as any to say uh, you did not – you were not able to see uh, Tournament of Champions, correct? I'm not showing in your area.
1: That is unfortunately true. The nearest okay. theater playing it was 45 minutes away. And if you can't tell already, I'm battling a cold. So I thought let's not let's not make uh, the people around me have an un, uh, you know, un, uncomfortable experience if I'm coughing the whole time.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I stayed home and I missed this one, but I'm curious to see what you guys thought.
3: Yeah, and as is, you know, happens occasionally on the show, uh, you get to be the question asker. Like, you can, you know, kind of clarify some of our thoughts and uh, ask us uh, opinions. Also, we will, as always, <clears throat> steer clear of spoilers for you. I will say, Andrew, uh, that we will probably do a SIF spoil on this because there's certainly, you know, plenty of stuff that happens uh, that I do can't talk about in, spo- in spoiler-free, but would like to talk about as far as the review of this movie goes. So I do
1: remember the original had a bunch of twists, turns, and reveals, mm-hmm. especially yes. in the last 20 minutes. It was like, okay, yes. this is this actually all led to something. It wasn't just pointless. Uh, yes. And I think that's one of the reasons I like the original, is it, it actually had a, a, a backstory. And mm-hmm. I feel like so often in these types of movies, it's always just a mysterious thing. And it's like, no, just tell us what it is. Do you have is there someone behind the curtain or are you just teasing and jerking us around for 90 minutes? And uh, I, I was thankful the original kind of had answers.
3: I agree. I agree. Um, you can uh, go check out my uh, review of the original Escape room in which I am very similar to what Jonathan was saying, had a good time and was surprised by how much of a good time I had. Um, I remember feeling like uh, in the original, that uh that this is the kind of movie and the kind of experience I would love for there to be a series of movies like this like I think it's got you know it's listen I'm not the first to say it it's a PG saw right like it's a PG 13 version of yeah like the saw without the gore like the saw promise at least I'm not saying saw has always done this by my understanding but no, at least
1: at 100% that's yeah. a great analogy
3: but the promise of saw was puzzle solving you know for your life and that,
1: It reminded me of uh, the franchise Cube as well.
3: Yes, yes. And there's there, there's some direct references to Cube in this one, by the way. Okay, so um, fair enough. I don't know if they were intentional, but uh, they certainly uh, stood out to me. But yes, that's another good comparison. Uh, we haven't done it yet. Andrew, what do you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
2: First movie, uh, I thought it was okay. okay. I didn't hate the fact that I watched it. Mm-hmm. It, it was
3: entertaining enough. This one, though, I didn't like it. I did not like it. No. Uh, I am also firmly in the, the didn't like it uh, camp, unfortunately. Um, okay, then. Man, there's some reasons for this, and some of it will be difficult to w- without going into spoilers to really talk about. Um, I'll start with some positives, though. I think I liked it maybe more than you did, uh, Andrew, just by kind of the tone you were using. Uh, what I really liked about this one is I actually thought the – puzzle aspect of this one was better than the first one. Um, I, I thought some of the puzzle solving, the room solving, that kind of stuff made more logical sense. In the first one, some of the stuff was just nonsense. Um, you know, there was, there was one room in the first one that could have been solved immediately and easily through an alternative solution, you know, like just like that kind of stuff. And this, yeah. these rooms in this one felt more progressive. They felt more um, like they understood how an escape room works. I feel like maybe they did a lot more um, research into how you build an escape room, what it's actually like, uh, that kind of thing on this one. So I loved the puzzles more in this one. Yeah, for what uh, it's have you worth, guys
2: ever been to an escape room before?
3: Yes. I was
1: just about to say um it 's nothing like a real
0: escape room <laughs> yeah.
1: there there is no fire there 's no ice there's no <laughs> like whatever happens in the sequel i i can 't imagine it 's much different than the first one, but yeah this this is not
3: my experience going to i've been to two or three now, and they're i' mean, fun right i 'm not talking about the life and death aspect of it i 'm talking yes. about the yeah. puzzle solving aspect of it in the second- Yeah, and and yeah,
2: that even i think uh Felt flat to me in, the, in, the,
1: in
3: the first one. And I'm saying it's better in the second one. It feels more I'll give like it,
2: an- I'll give the movie that, that it, it did feel like, okay, yeah, I can definitely see elements taken from actual escape room, like the true puzzle solving elements. And, you know, I was like, yes. good. This yeah. is except just no more fire and ice <laughs> and death and stuff like that. Right. I'm a yeah. I am hesitant to say that I have never not escaped from an escape room. oh you don't want to jinx yourself I say that because I don't Lock want to work. have a black box show up on my doorstep <laughs> from Minos I just kick it all
1: right so so the puzzle aspect was stronger which I think personally that interests me I think that actually yes. sounds yes like an improvement it but is. how how was the actual um the Ging. the executions how was the inventiveness of the offings <laughs> when people get offed was it fun that's what no. I, that's the big thing.
3: No. Like, no, it's no. terrible. Okay,
1: that's that's disappointing. No, it no. is very
3: disappointing. Yeah. Cuz
1: that's one of the be- the things I love about the Final Destination series yes. is the inventiveness of all the kills. And I feel like Escape Room has the potential to kind of really play into that. Like we can kill people or, or at least dispatch them in really creative like Willy Wonka style ways. Um mm-hmm. so that's disappointing.
3: Well, and in many ways <laughs> oh, without, absolutely. in yeah, many like, ways without without <laughs> spoiling it um it's almost as if the movie not only didn't understand that but kind of um went the opposite direction on that. Like it's it's so we, like it it doesn't it didn't under it doesn't understand how stakes work. I feel like this movie doesn't understand how stakes work in that, some way. That's, that that so. seems
1: like a uh, that seems like day 1 of script writing. <laughs> you <laughs> you yeah, at uh, the script writing course. It is. That is the first <laughs> thing you learn about stakes and consequences.
3: Yeah.
2: Here's the thing the biggest issue I have with this movie is it's called Escape Room Tournaments of Champions. You can gather from that that everybody in this movie coming back is somebody who's won a previous, you know, escape room thing, right? So you would assume from that logic that these people are the best of the best and that they should be able to, you know, get through everything you and you know, they, make it
1: out. Are you saying they don't approach any of the puzzles with logic and patience?
2: They're idiots. They're all idiots. <laughs> and none Besides, of them matter. You know, yeah. yeah. And none of them m- matter. Like there's, I, I say that for every single one, in every single c- contestant, not just, you know, our two, our two leads coming back, you know, even them. I just, there are moments where I'm like, how did any of you make it out of the first escape room? it's it's so there's, there's not
1: there's not any moments or or characters in this film where you have two smart characters working together to problem solve something difficult that either one of them can figure out individually because that that is like movie porn for me i love those scenes That bit in Die Hard Three with the two bottles of water, yeah, where Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis are trying, like, I love that scene because it's just a riddle and they got to work the problem and figure it out.
3: Yeah, there's there there are hints of that. There there are hints of of problem solving again because the I think the the puzzles are more intricate, more clever, um, and so they have to like they have to have those scenes of them uh, them solving it. I think what Andrew is saying and what I would completely one hundred percent agree with as my Biggest problem with this movie is it does not even sniff the potential of its title. It, it like it gives yeah. you Escape Room Tournament of Champions, and it it's it is not that movie. It is Escape Room no. Two. This is Escape Room Two. This is not Escape Room Tournament of Champions. And I don't know how to say that any differently, other than to say I was excited by some of the same things, Andrew. I think you were, and this movie just does not even care to deliver on on those promises. So, yeah, yeah,
2: like you could make it to where and hopefully this isn't too big of a spoiler, but these you could make it to where the contestants know how to solve these problems. It's the actual execution of solving these problems that is difficult, like the mental fortitude they got. They they know like, OK, we know how to solve this uh this puzzle, but the actual act of doing it is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. That would have made it a much more, I guess, believable and possibly interesting, uh, element to this movie. Another thing that I, I, don't know if Aaron would agree with this or not, but having just watched them back to back, I would say that I cared a lot more about the contestants from the first movie because i feel like i was given enough knowledge and background on them yep to want them to survive yeah. i guess is the least is the least morbid way i could say it but we're given one bit of backstory for each of these new contestants and i'm like okay so you're i, I don't see any reason to care about them but i also don't see any aspect of them that makes me think oh
3: that's a champion right there
2: that's somebody who could have survived
3: we unless i'm missing something andrew i think the one element of backstory you're talking about isn't even really technically backstory it's it it's more right yeah it's more it's (laughs) it's more structural like, set up. It's not, like, it doesn't tell us anything about how these people became who they are, why Minos wants them here, what is Minos, like, any of that stuff. that's
2: the biggest problem I have. I guess that's a huge problem I have with this movie is the whole Minos element because they built on it in the first one and they could have done better here, but they didn't. Yeah. A lot of things that I actually liked about the first one, I'm like, ah, you you, you kind of cut those things out. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, for for bigger set pieces, yeah.
1: So Minos, uh, for those who forget, is the the evil corporation that sort of created the whole thing, right?
2: Yes,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and uh, and you mentioned the set pieces again. That that I would throw that in the positive column. They are yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. Like the the rooms are incredible, look beautiful. Um, you know, are fun to look at. That stuff's really really cool. I I go so as far as to say the second room that we deal with hits on every single thing we've talked about. Like, even the stuff we said most of it doesn't do, the second room actually does. If every room were like the second room, um, which I'll just call the bank room... Uh, That's the I, best room. It's, That's it, the best room. Then this movie would have been amazing. Um, it still would have needed better structure. It still would have needed a better overall like idea of what's going on. That's the other thing. As As good as this movie does oh. at the room problem-solving... It does poorly with the plot and structure problem solving. None of that stuff feels valuable or makes sense or informs what are like who our characters are in a in a you know really positive way.
2: Are we able to spoil the first movie? Is that we're good to do that? I think that is fine. Yes. Okay, so in the first movie, the uh, the rooms you find out as you progress. Um, that they all they're all tied together yes. through a uh, survivor's guilt, you know, and that that's the overarching theme mm-hmm. for uh, those for those rooms. the uh, the I guess you could say the overarching reasoning for this set is so rushed and like barely holding on. like if if one bit of information isn't revealed, that I hated, by the way. Um, even though I really... Yeah, I hated, by the way. It uh, it just... It was so ham-handed, like, ah, sure, we'll just make this a theme. Like, it was so second or
3: tertiary th- thought of well, the whole thing. I would go so far as to say this, Andrew, without, again, trying not to be spoilery. Yeah. If you actually stop and think about what the point of Minos was with this tournament of champions it makes zero sense zero it sense. is it, like it like if that's their goal this is the dumbest stupidest way to go about like it's just so again without spoiling the overall plot structure that kind of stuff which was really interesting and fun in the first movie is completely nonsense in this one and that's really frustrating so yeah, yeah.
2: and in the very very beginning of the movie how the tournament of the champions begins makes no sense like no. they were all and only them yeah were there yeah so
3: yeah the i mean i think the movie could have done something fun with that it could have maybe revealed something about you know like how clever they did that or whatever but this movie isn't interested in actually rounding out its ideas it's just you know it wants to show which, you its beautiful escape, room, escape rooms room. which were beautiful but you know yeah. But it just it didn't at the end make sense.
1: Well I I for one can't wait to see this now. Thank you.
3: <laughs> I want you to see it just so you can so you can uh, uh I will. commiserate.
2: I I, I I will see it. After, okay, so here's the thing. After watching the first movie, I'm like, okay, that was okay. After watching the second movie, I went back to the 1st one, like, you know what? You were actually pretty good. So <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. fair. It made me it made me appreciate how good the first one was comparative to this
3: one. Well, I am I my one last thing I guess would be that I am bummed because honestly, I thought this this could be a really cool franchise. It had for me. potential. Yeah. It had such potential to be. Uh, the, I mean, just the fact that I even like am not mad that I watched this because I enjoyed the rooms. Like shows you how much potential this franchise has because I kind of want another one because I like that stuff like that stuff is really interesting and fun to me but boy you better figure out how to invest in your characters better and you like I just want I want more talent involved on the cre uh the like um the the not the creativity as far as the rooms goes but like on the artistic side of things I want I want better actors I want better directors I want better writers like I I want I want this to be as opposed to what horror franchises usually, uh, this is going to sound dismissive, but I do. But I think Paranormal set this um, this kind of pattern for low investment, rake in the money, you know, uh, send new actors out there. Doesn't matter because what matters is the you know the gimmick, right? And so we can just keep making Paranormal Activity movie after Paranormal Activity movie, and it doesn't matter. It's just going to keep bringing in money. And I just, you know, I, I wish, I wish there was some more thought on uh, on the back end of something like this. So, did you, did you have anything even else? Going,
2: even going with the Saw movie analogy again, the the motivation for Jigsaw is like he's punishing people who don't appreciate life and stuff like that, and they kind of. T- touch on that in the first movie as to like why these people are here. They could have done that again. And I think that if they had maybe a switching overarching theme or reason to why specific people go to these escape rooms, you know, and you in the movie itself is trying to figure is the audience trying to figure out why these specific people, that could be a really interesting uh, asset to this franchise. If it continues and I'm like, okay, so like, each new movie it doesn't have to be about Zoe and Ben it could be like uh, okay so why this group of people so mm-hmm. i mean right right well,
1: off right off the top of my head i'm thinking well what if we just did three escape room movies with three completely new casts and then the fourth movie is getting right. the winners of each of those yeah. and that's your like team up tournament of champions and they have to fight each other and at that point we're invested in all three pairs of protagonists mm-hmm. yeah. and we don't yeah. want any of them to lose and then you sort of get that sort of dramatic conflict instead they're like now let's just jump right to whatever this is and and then half ass it
3: yep yep you got it you hit it right on the right on the nose I have to watch it. I already figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> you got it all figured out. You got it all figured out. We will do some SIFT spoiling uh, on this one that should be in your feed uh, as well. Before we head on to the Best Ever Challenge, just a reminder that you can be a SIFT Pop member. What no is way. a SIFT Pop member, you may ask? Well, thank what you. I will let you know. SIFT uh, Pop members are those who support SIFT Pop at Patreon. Patreon.com slash sift pop. There are different levels with different fun perks, and it keeps this podcast going, keeps the website going. um, And, uh, and we really, really do appreciate that. As far as your end, uh, you get a, at different levels, you will get an advertisement free podcast, uh, no ads in your podcast feed, as well as weekly bonus episodes that show up uh, in this episode. Uh, we talked about uh, some Broadway shows we might want to see. This was uh, based on John having recently gone and seen Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Um, and so we kind of talked a little bit about Broadway and kind of our thoughts on that industry and how much different it is than uh, than a lot of pop culture. So if you want to check that out, you can do that at patreon.com slash Uh We also, the first week of the month, have a hangout uh, for different levels where we just hang out and take questions from you and and just chat about movies and stuff. So again, check it out at patreon.com siftpop. Thank you so much for even considering it. Uh, we really do appreciate you.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
3: Yeah, you get it every time.
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: All right, let's move on to the Best Ever Challenge. That's right. Best Ever Five Word Colon Movies. Um, I also also love the fact that uh, on our screen right now, BEC colon Five Word Colon Movies is also a five-word colon phrase. So well done uh, on that one. Um, All right. So let's go number five to number one as we do. And then we'll maybe do some honorable mentions. Um, John, why don't you start us off? What do you got at number five?
1: Yeah. uh, Before I start, though, I I do want to repeat what I mentioned at the top of the show is I think just just by nature of the colon, these are almost exclusively franchise films and sequels. And for whatever it is, if you have – you know, a colon in it. I feel like universally your movie's probably not great. Um The Twilight Saga, <laughs> New Moon, um,
2: Triple X, State of the Union, Lake
1: hey, in My final Top five. chapter.
3: Quick steal- Air Bud, i'll just let you know right fetch. now.
2: I only have one that is either a uh, franchise or a sequel. The rest really? are all single properties.
1: Yeah, wow. two two
3: well, of my five are single properties as well. Yeah. Well,
1: good good for you, but <laughs> I mean, looking looking at my list of movies, I I literally did a control F for just p- movies that had a colon in it, <laughs> and so many of them were terrible. Uh, but of the of the one that's like the fifth best. Um, when I watched with my daughter not long ago, Minuscule Valley of the, Valley of the Lost Ants. Ooh. This, this is an animated film without any dialogue. It's almost entirely just visually driven. And it's about this tiny little colony of ants that go like on an adventure through the woods uh, to get some, I think, crumbs from a picnic. Mm. Um, and it's really cute. It's really fun. It reminded me of like the sort of dialogue-free Pixar shorts if it was extended to like an 80-minute runtime. And my daughter loved it. It's very beautifully shot. Um, and yeah, it's really cute film. Never
3: heard of that. See, this is what happened. I think it's,
1: I think it's actually French. I don't even think it's an American movie, but I, I found it on a, I forget which streaming service, but I found it on there, uh, like a year and a half ago.
2: Minuscule Valley of the lost ants.
3: (laughs) Mmm. <laughs> Valley of the Lost Dance. That's six words. That's uh it is that's Valley of the Lost Dance. Minuscule. Yeah, that's six right, words. I can't you know. count. I can't count. <laughs> we'll count it. We'll count it for you. All right, I, uh, Andrew. Do you want to go second or last? You're
1: absolutely right. There is a sixth <laughs>
3: word there, and I did not. I'll let you go, Aaron. All right. Catch the word of <laughs> <laughs> of the. It's one word of the. I completely Uh,
2: missed
3: that. uh, All right. Uh, My number five is Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, Trump! All right. Going to get trumped on that one. Uh, Andrew, what is your number five? I'm going to go with Kung
2: Pao Enter the Fist.
3: Had that in my honorable mentions for sure. Yeah.
2: You know, as here's a movie that is so unabashedly dumb that it just – and it just embraces that aspect of it. Steve Odekirk is like a truly underappreciated person in Hollywood. He's the guy that did the thumb movies, right? If I was mm-hmm. just about to say, if you guys haven't seen like and Thumb I Wars, those. Thumbtanic, <laughs> they are
3: hilarious. I love yes.
1: the Thumb movies.
2: Yes. Uh, and con- uh, Aaron, do you know what we're talking about? The Thumb movies? Oh, yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like Thumb Tannic. Okay, yeah. And yeah, yeah. I know. Thumb
2: Wars. Yeah. I think Thumb
3: Father. hmm yeah,
2: yeah, Thumbfather. There's, it's such a dumb yet brilliant idea for. A movie. Hey, I'm just going to put a, a, a talking a mouth and some googly eyes on a thumb and just, <laughs> and make a movie. Like so the I, budget I, on those, the budget has to be like fifty bucks. Oh, very
1: cheap. So I only just this week finally watched Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee, and I loved it. Uh, is this like a direct parody of that, or just like really close to that stuff? So
2: what Kung Pao is is Steve Odekirk actually digitized himself into an old 1960s kung fu movie and nice. he and he dubbed everybody else's dialogue like to make sense for his movie it yeah, is yeah. so silly and so funny like and it does the whole thing of like even his dialogue um where his mouth doesn't match the dialogue he's saying.
1: That's that's perfectly normal.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, And it's actually impressive for how good this movie looks because he, like, uh I guess digitizes himself in a way to where it looks like he is also in this 60s movie. It's not like he's a 720 character in an old 1960s right, film right. footage, you know. And the, he interacts with the characters. Like, he touches them, and they can touch him and stuff, and it's like... I think what he did is he actually put himself over the original lead character of this movie and uh, like just did, I guess before deep fake, whatever they did for a deep fake. And it is, there are scenes obviously where the, the entire thing is uh, a, a new set for the movie mm-hmm. uh, just for a practical joke or something. It's, it's a movie filled with references. It's, I think it's hilarious. I think this is an absolutely hilarious
3: movie. Yeah, you'll love it. You'll love it, John. You'll I, love it. Top,
1: it's going to the top of my watch list. This nice. sounds perfect. Nice. And it's, it's short. So it's funny. really short, which I love. It
3: is. It is indeed yeah. short.
1: Uh,
3: all right. Uh, John, what is your John. number four?
1: My number four movie was Justice League, colon, The Flashpoint Paradox. The Flashpoint's yeah. one word. I recounted it. it's
3: five. <laughs> Good. Should Justice League, The
2: Flashpoint Oh, Justice League, the Flashpoint Yeah, Okay, yeah. Sure, you <laughs> you're counting
1: it. syllables. Don't...
2: That's yeah. Yeah. right. Yeah. Justice um, this League, League Flashpoint. the Flashpoint. So this, yeah, you're right.
1: This movie, I, which I, know this. You, I was going to say, I know you've seen it, Andrew. Uh, this is like the beginning of uh, a, a kind of loose continuity in the DC animated universe that begins yeah. a series of, I want to say, like 15 or 20 movies. Um, and it's fantastic. It's just like one of the best adaptations of the justice league and one of the best i think animated comic book movies i've ever seen um probably my favorite in the uh dc animated universe at least what i've seen i'm only like halfway through my watch and the other one i might maybe swap in for number four would be batman under the red hood i think those two Mm. are my favorite in this uh franchise uh yeah if you like batman and superman this is one of the best i think adaptations of those characters in a way that felt in service of their characters and really kind of um did honor to the concept of a justice league, like getting everyone together and pooling their talents in a way that makes sense. Um, yeah. I really dug it.
3: Nice. And again,
1: short 80 minutes, I think at the best.
2: Yeah. Very nice. Uh, actually, it was my favorite DC animated movie. Until uh, you Flash saw the last one. Was. Uh, until this new one, justice league, dark apocalypse war. And
1: I haven't got there yet, but I'm looking forward
2: to it for yeah. sure. It is so much In the vein of Flashpoint. If you love Flashpoint, you will automatically love Apocalypse War. Looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. Uh, My number four. If I would have thought about it, I would have put it on my list. (laughs)
3: Uh, My number four, which uh, may get trumped as well, is uh, Dodgeball, a true underdog story. (sighs) I missed this one. That would have made my
1: list, I think. That's a good one.
3: All right, Andrew, what is your number four? Literally
2: everything Aaron has
1: said
3: so far. That's fine. Hey, what's new? You know, this is my week every uh, week.
2: Okay. Uh, so my number four now? Yeah.
3: The Croods, A New Age. I knew you were going to have this on your list. You love, you loved this movie, man. You said it was your this first, is, the funniest movie of last year. Is that what it was, was the funniest like that, movie right? of last year. Yeah. I can't believe, because the first movie was so
2: forgettable. It's one of the most forgettable movies ever, was the first one. This sequel came out. I begrudgingly drug myself to the theater, plopped down in the seat, and two hours later i was crying i was laughing so hard i was laughing more than the kids in the audience you know (laughs) they're all like who's this crazy man who won't stop giggling is he the joker you know it's just i couldn't stop it was so funny so yeah uh i'm sorry you have to watch the first crudes to kind of understand what's going on in this (laughs) one but it's worth it to get to it because it's that funny.
3: I gotta tell you, uh, I I love your love for this movie. I do You're not. Selling me on it. I, I do not. I do not share it as passionately as you. I think it is a funny movie and I enjoy it. But man, I, I think the first movie is a much better movie than this one. But uh, mm. but that's that's just that's just my experience. So yeah, them's fighting words. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh all right on to our number threes john what do you got at number three uh this is
1: uh i think of of the spider-man movies um my favorite that has five words in a colon spider-man far from home
3: yeah i'm gonna have to trump you on that one okay great there you go uh let's see so my number three then is jumanji welcome to the jungle um, this is another
1: great one that I totally missed on my list. Yeah, it is I,
2: honorable
3: mention. Yeah, I, uh, very funny film. It is very funny, uh, and again, another one of those fun surprises. You know, I, I wasn't expecting them to be able to reboot Jumanji huge, in, in any way that was going to be, surprise. you know, uh, now, attractive it, to now, I me. Think but, we,
1: we all have the same, I think, opinion on it. But would we have liked it as much if we didn't expect it to suck? Because <laughs> I went in. I, went in full, I went in fully expecting yeah. it not to be good. And I think yeah. it exceeded my expectations so much. I actually like overgraded how good it was because yeah. I was expecting trash sure. and it, I don't know that it's like brilliant, but like compared to what I thought it was going to be, it's so much fun. I,
3: I think that's no. I think it's if hard if I to say. Go on, Aaron. No, I just, it's hard to say. I think that if
2: I went into this movie expecting it to be okay, kind of funny, I would still, you know, be surprised. Because I'm like you, John. I went in this like this is going to be horrible. Why are they doing this to Robin Williams? This is going to be awful. I left that theater going, I would. I'm excited to watch that again. And I actually bought it. And you know, I watch it every now and then. It's a funny movie. It's a good, interesting premise. You know, they actually made you know the the video game elements of the this whole Jumanji. It might be one of the best video game
1: movies ever made. It really yeah. might Because every other video game adaptation, especially when it's based on an existing property, it just fumbles it badly. Yeah, This yeah. is one of the, one of my favorite video game
3: movies. It's not really a yeah. video game adaptation, though, is it? No, it's,
1: it, it, it's not an adaptation. Okay. But I right. think it captures the spirit of video games of and video the concept games. of lives and challenges yeah. and, like, fetch quests. I think it yeah. nails that really well. But, yeah, I think it helps that it's not... In direct service of an actual
3: product. Right. It's not actual video yeah. game IP. So it'd be similar to something like Edge of Tomorrow or something. This yeah. is definitely very video gamey, but it's not necessarily yeah, IP. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, it's great. Good call. Uh, it was one of my honorable mentions. What do
3: you got at number three, Andrew? This is where I have Robin Hood, Men and Titans. There you go. And that's my number five. Your number three. Talk about it. It might
2: be recency bias because I just watched it again. For like the five thousandth time last week, Um, I love Mel Brooks. He's one of the goats, and I think Carrie Elwes just kind of has that persona that it just screams Robin Hood. You know, it was like he was born to play this guy. Um, (laughs) I don't know why uh, this type of humor died out. Because you don't really oh, see. Oh, I miss it. I really do. Yeah,
1: it's like the it's, wordplay you know, and like the misdirection and like the visual switches and stuff. It's just yeah. like the, the stuff the Leslie Nielsen used to do. Yeah, uh, Abrams and Zucker and yeah, anything Mel Brooks did in the eighties and nineties. It's just like I miss that stuff. It was yeah. it was a different style of comedy, um, and it was just like there's just like there's a wholesome quality.
2: It was wholesome prop humor with some yeah. overlaying lewdness to it, you know. When, when's like the, the last, chastity belt. <laughs> when's the When's
3: the last good version of this? Like, are, are we talking accused? like um, maybe Scary Movie, and that
1: was twenty something years ago? I was
3: gonna say, is were we thinking maybe Scary Movie? Like, I, this has to come back. Somebody, somebody will find this again. Maybe we're forgetting something, but I, I'm I'm with you. This seems to have disappeared from pop. There Potter. was a
1: movie a few years back that nobody saw called They Came Together with Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. And it was a spoof on romantic comedies.
2: Oh, is that the one where they're like, oh, so this is the part where we're supposed to break up in the rom-com? It was very self-aware. It's
1: it's it's more self-aware than like prop comedy and wordplay, But it has, I feel like, a little bit of like the spirit of this type of movie. The wholesomeness and like the self-aware, self-referential kind of gig. Uh, I think that movie. I, I didn't love it, but I felt like this is an old style of comedy. I wish we is it worth a of. watch at least? Yeah, I totally would recommend. But it. part of okay. but
3: part of why we love these movies is their willingness to be so completely ridiculous. Like not yeah. just to yeah. make fun of something, but just to you know make a visual joke that obviously has. N- no place in the you know yeah uh, well when where, was the last
1: time we had like a good parody film the
3: austin yeah. powers franchise maybe because everything austin powers seen, is a good that's a good call that that is some very similar yeah. to this um the last
1: time we had a good i'm trying to think of other parody films lately have been all of the um the movie 43 gang right the, mm-hmm. the, the guys that did disaster movie and, and those are all just
2: awful yeah was I it can't, I, would you count freaky friday as a uh
3: Freaky? The, the Freaky that just came out? No. That's, visit it's is it Freaky? I saw it called freaky, freaky Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's okay, just called yeah, Freaky, but uh, no, that's 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 too way too grounded in reality. Way too yeah, grounded in yeah. reality yeah, to, be considered, to be considered. Yeah. This, this I don't think we've well, had a good right. one,
1: honestly, since the 90s. So, like, Scary Movie and Austin Powers are probably the last... Good parody movies in this sort of well, I will, wholesome comedy vein, and that was twenty something years, twenty plus, twenty five years ago.
3: To bring us back to Robin Hood Men in Tights, I will tell you, I fired this up with uh, one of my boys, uh, teenager, and mm-hmm. he did not get it. Like it was just like this is really bad, Dad. Like this is dumb, no. and it's like, and it's like, yeah. I mean, maybe oh, it's no. just. Maybe it's just something that's maybe there's just some nostalgia there, and and you know, the culture has outgrown that kind of stuff. And, and granted, a lot of the jokes don't hold up well either. You know, a lot of a lot of the jokes do play on things like gay panic and you know, you know, stuff that we wouldn't do now. So I yeah. like there's I don't know, there's an interesting, uh, there's an interesting thought there. I wonder if you know, maybe it's time is just gone. I hope, I not. hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, with hope not. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Uh, yeah. all right, so Robin that's my number three. Robin Hood Men and Tights, I had it at number five. You had it at number three. Uh, Silver number- Metal Position. Yeah, number two. What do you got, John? Uh, this is John Mulaney, the Comeback Kid. I know oh, you guys actually yes. did an episode
1: on uh, stand-up oh, comedy specials not long mm-hmm. ago.
3: And John Mulaney, uh,
1: John Mulaney is probably one of my favorite uh, comedians working today. Uh, definitely wishing him well in his alcohol recovery, whatever he's in right now. I know he had rehab mm-hmm. for a bit. Um, yeah. I hope he comes roaring back because the world needs more of his work. He is so gosh darn funny. And The Comeback Kid might be his best special to date. I think it's from Radio City Music Hall, sold-out show in New York. And he's he crushes it, like the 90 minutes. Is this the one where he does the
2: bit about meeting Bill Clinton as a yes, kid? Yes, this is,
1: this is the special that ends with like an eight-minute <laughs> so story about Bill Clinton. And it is so, so good. good. It is so, so funny. <laughs> yeah. um, if you haven't seen it, I'm almost certain it's on Netflix. Uh, please watch it. It, it, is. Is, it is a great way to spend an hour and a half. He is yeah. absolutely funny.
3: Good choice. I didn't even think of stand-ups. Good choice. Uh, we can talk about Spider-Man Far From Home now. I had it at my number two. Um, and, John, you had it at number three? Is that correct? That's correct. Yep. So, yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home. Really dig this one. Uh, really love the the m- you know modern MCU Spider-Man movies. Um, dig the Mysterio stuff, Jake Gyllenhaal stuff. Um, yeah, I think this is a really fun movie and enjoy it quite a bit, so... It comes in, I, yeah. Every two. I
1: loved everything they did with the the character and the villain. I think Jake is one of the better villains in any of the Spider Man uh, films. And there's something about Tom Holland sort of um, getting into his own here without the shadow of Robert Downey Jr. completely and in, in, you know mm-hmm. intrinsically linked to the the first film of his uh, that makes this one really work. And I think perhaps uh, more so than the original. I wish they would just do a Spider Man in New York movie. But um, Spider Man in Europe is was pretty fun too.
3: The uh, the chat is uh, is claiming foul play uh, that Spider Man is one hyphenated word, not uh, two words. And to that, I say. Just give us a break, will you? Erroneous. Erroneous <laughs> on all counts. I think the, hy- the hyphen means it's two words. I, that's what I thought, is, too. Yeah. I, if it was one word, there wouldn't be a hyphen. There wouldn't be a hyphen. Thank exactly. you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
2: I'm with you guys.
3: Uh, let's see. So I think that means, Andrew, you're number two. I'm going to go with Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Nice.
2: Okay. I know the uh, music Jason's- from
1: this is awesome, but I've never seen the film.
2: Oh, the the score for this movie is beautiful it's a rob cohen movie who we know from movies like the first fast and the furious the good one uh he also did like dragon heart so you know he he knows how to score a movie um jason Scott Lee, who plays bruce lee in this is so amazing he fully captures what bruce lee like he just every his movements his uh His mannerisms, it's so uncanny. It's gorgeous. And there's an element to this movie where... uh, Everybody knows that uh, Bruce Lee was, like, fighting inner demons and stuff. Like, from moving to America and stuff like that. And the cultural shock and stuff like that. There is a, uh, I guess you could say, a, a visualization of that inner demon that goes throughout this movie that is so terrifying yet exciting to watch it's like ingrained into the story itself of this movie to give it some kind of supernatural element and it's all psychological like the viewer knows that it's you know all in his head but the way that it's visualized makes it seem just as real to us as it possibly did to him um the uh the culture shock, the racism, everything that he had to deal with is in this movie. I think that it's brilliant. It was one of the first uh, movies I got to watch, actually, because my dad was a huge uh, like Bruce Lee and martial arts like uh, movie guy growing up. So mm-hmm. this was one of those first movies. So I this watched. isn't
1: uh, this uh, for some reason. I always thought this is a documentary, but this is a, a, a dramatized.
2: No, it's a dramatized. Yeah.
1: Okay, great. Yeah.
2: Again, and like, and I, only, you, I only
1: just like 8 days ago watched Enter the Dragon for the first time. So I'm kind of in like a martial arts mood. I need to watch some more Bruce Lee stuff.
2: Nice. I would highly recommend checking this movie out. It yeah. is very 90s. Like uh, you can like if you were to like That's you that's fine. Movie, that's a good <laughs> thing to me. <laughs> yeah. If if you were to plug this movie in and watch it not knowing when it take place, you would be like, "Oh yeah, that's 90s."
3: Very nice. I really like it. On to our number ones. ones. Jonathan, kick us off.
1: I'll probably upset half of the group here with this pick. Uh, Star Wars, The Last Jedi, um, (laughs) is absolutely my favorite Star Wars movie behind Empire. And um, I love this movie. I love all the choices it makes. And I think everyone who says otherwise is wrong. And that's my story. (laughs) I'm sticking with it. (laughs) We don't have to relitigate a conversation that's been had a thousand times over the last three years. But... I am firmly in the loved it camp, and uh, yeah, definitely my favorite five word in <sighs> a colon movie.
3: Interesting. Sorry. I did not have this one. I would have. I love Star Wars: uh, The Last Jedi. Um, are there colons in the Star Wars movies? Uh, yeah. Okay. But I think so. Um, I was going
1: just... off. However, I'm going off. However, it was titled on Letterbox, and that's okay. usually pulled from, you know, whatever official.
3: Then I just missed I this one. Uh, this this would have been way up. This might have been my number one as well. Um,
1: yeah, it does, it does have a colon.
3: Okay. Well, there you go. I just missed this one. Then. Uh, yeah, I I love it as well. We're on the same page. At the risk of of starting. Um, Wars. Not sorry.
2: <laughs> it's the most beautiful Star Wars movie. ever. There you made. go. Hey, I'll, Way I'll to say that. something. I'll nice. give you that. Great, I'll that. Great job. Great
3: job. Great job. There are plenty of people who uh, who are with you, Andrew. So don't you. Just because you're outnumbered here doesn't mean there aren't. Uh, those who Oh, I know with you. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> we both do. It's great. Uh, yeah. What's my, your number one, Eric? My number one is Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, it really? Is, yes. Interesting. I this is love, one of my least favorites. I love this movie so much. Um, I think it's, it's a lot of it has to do with the Captain America character. Uh, I love the, the themes in this movie. I love the, you know, the, the pluckiness of the character. I love, you know, Uh, Chris Evans' performance. I just... This is probably the movie. uh, And I I liked Iron Man. I really did. But this is the movie where I fell in love with the MCU. And I was just like, I want to see this character, you know, team up and do stuff. And I think there's a reason you kind of see the Captain America, Tony Stark, you know, kind of which team are you thing happen Because I I think they are the two more compelling performances and characters in the in the series. And um, yeah, I was definitely team cap. I love this. Th-
1: this is very is surprising this? to hear you say, cause uh, I actually re-ranked the whole MCU just this week cause Loki finished. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is my least favorite of all 26 Marvel oh, properties. Oh, wow. What don't you like I, about it, it? There's no middle act. We never get to see him actually be Captain America. We have a quick montage and then he's fighting Red Skull on the airplane. And I wanted so much more of the middle of the movie where he sort of finds his identity. And I love the stuff in New York in the past, but then- I feel like the the back half of the movie is rushed. But that is his identity.
3: Very... His identity is the stuff in the past. He yeah, doesn't have mean, to be... He he actually, does, that's he, the whole beauty of the, the movie is he doesn't become something new. He's just himself in new armor. Like, that's... Yeah, but I don't know. There, there's so much of this that I, it felt like a lot of
1: wasted potential. And I love the character. And I love Winter mm-hmm. Soldier. I love Civil War. And And Chris Evans is probably my favorite actor in the entire franchise. But this first movie, I just... I think because I wanted so much more out of it, I was just like, oh, this is just... For for me, and again, not a bad movie, just my least favorite of of the whole pack. So I'm surprised to hear you say you loved it. But good yeah, for you.
3: I just yeah for me that whole like that you know skinny kid you know that we from see the in Bronx? the from the Bronx that Brooklyn? we see in the maybe Brooklyn. Brooklyn.
2: Brooklyn. Um, he's Spider Man's from Brooklyn. Er, no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, one's from which? Right? <laughs> yes, he is from Brooklyn Queens. Batman, or I mean, Spider Man is from Queens. He is from Brooklyn. That's right. cap is from brooklyn
3: yeah so that's yeah that skinny kid from brooklyn thing like that's when when i see captain america in all of the movies that's who i see like i'm just like how cool is it like that's the anyways yeah i, I don't need to over explain it but i just i i love that movie um and uh it comes in at my number one andrew what do you got at number one i think i know it's
2: probably it's probably smack dab in the middle of the mcu list for me mm-hmm. Maybe lower half of the middle.
3: Most people would have had Captain America: Winter the Winter Soldier in this list uh, above the first Avenger. Probably, Um, I'm just not one of those people.
2: Yeah, they haven't seen they haven't seen Kung (laughs) Pao Enter the Fist. Apparently, Uh, (laughs) no. uh, My number one is Dodgeball: A True Underdog Story. Yeah, right on. Uh, Yeah, this movie is beyond hilarious. Ben Stiller kills it. In this movie, he is, this might be the perfect care the best character he's ever played. And I'm including like Zoolander in this list. I I, I
1: have have long argued that Ben Stiller is terrible as a straight guy or straight man character in in romantic comedies and stuff. But as like a zany villain, he is fantastic. Happy Gilmore, heavyweights, this, Tropic Thunder, he is brilliant. But when he tries to play like a regular everyday schlub, he is so unengaging to me.
2: Yeah, uh, this yeah, this movie has so many lovable characters. Alan Tudyk as uh, Pirate Steve, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. This whole movie is ridiculous, and I love it for it. Yeah. Thank you, Chuck Norris.
3: You know, uh, carrying on our conversation about parodies, is it possible the energy of that silliness and ridiculousness got kind of poured into kind of these man-child comedies of the 2000s? You know, like... Absolutely. Maybe. You know, like Will Ferrell and Sandler and Stiller, you know, like that that's that's where kind of that energy went uh, for ridiculous, dumb humor, because there are gags in Zoolander or Dodgeball or whatever that would fit right in with a parody kind of movie. You know, like they're not grounded in any kind of reality. They're just visual jokes or word plays or, um, you know, so maybe some of that energy kind of went into these kind of movies. I yeah, know. I could There's
2: see that last, happening. The slapstickiness.
3: Yeah,
1: the the, the the entire genre of comedy has definitely evolved considerably in mm-hmm. our
3: lifetimes to yeah. a
1: point where the, the the movies that we liked and the movies that made money in the early '90s are so different than like the AAA comedies that come out today. They're so yeah. very
3: different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Really? Good, good Th- pick, though. Those are our uh, top fives as far as honorable mentions go. Um, uh, John, did you have any you wanted to mention first?
1: I mean, well, besides Manos, The Hands of Fate, and Air Bud, <laughs> Seventh Thing, and Fetch, and Maze Runner, and Sports Trials, uh, there wasn't a lot to pick from. Those are all terrible, terrible movies, by the way. Um, uh, hey,
2: X-Men, X-Men
1: Manos base, has a really great MST3K. Uh, that, yeah, the, the MST3K version of that is fantastic. The movie yeah. as itself is a, of an abomination. Um, I was actually about to say X-Men Days of Future Past, but if we're using the hyphen rule, that's six words, so I'm disqualifying it. Um <laughs> The first Jurassic Park sequel, The Lost World, that one yeah. Um, yeah. I have a soft spot for. That was one of the first big like PG thirteen rated movies I saw in theaters, um, and it's pretty good. I think it holds
3: up. Yeah, Lost World Jurassic Park is worth mentioning here. I would also mention Star Trek the Motion Picture. Um, you know, it's not super great, but it's certainly worth mentioning. Uh, Robin Hood. Well, any,
1: any, I think there's a there's a, at least five or six Star Trek pictures that fit that five word rule. So I mean, if you want the Voyage Home or uh, on Final Fantasy, only two words, but there's probably a couple. <laughs> probably. Just so
2: everybody knows, Manos, Hands of Fate. The Hands of Fate has a 1.8 on IMDb. It's it amazing. is. It is
1: my second least favorite movie ever made. It is number number two. There's only one movie worse.
3: <laughs> uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, probably worth a mention. I like it. Um, I like it. And, it says. and uh and National Treasure: Book of Secrets. The National Treasure sequel uh, isn't all that bad either. Yeah, that's also pretty so. good. So there you go. I got two more. Yeah. What do you got?
2: Uh, John Wick, Chapter Three, Parabellum. Yep. That's okay. a solid one. Yep. And Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the movie that I'm the only one in the world who likes
3: a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe not yeah, the but only you, you, universally, one.
1: though. Going going through that list, so many of the movies that I, I pulled for this were movies I hated. Just, yeah. yeah. Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues. I didn't really care for that. Did you guys? No, nah, not
2: particularly. Oh, no. Really.
3: Not yeah, particularly. No,
2: uh,. uh so would that mean men in tights? Was that the one that did Do- we have no. any others? You, you had dodge
3: dodgeball, ball. dodgeball at number one. I had it number four. So that would probably be if there's an end. In John said he would have uh, put it I on his. It. if He had. I it forgotten. probably would have been my. It, I don't think it would have been number one. But technically, if we're going by that route, Last Jedi probably would have been our choice because you know both Jonathan and I would have had it at number one. So <laughs> just, I'm just cowering under my desk right now. Please don't hurt me. Well, you should have had it on your list, then. That's right. I should have. I should have. I guess we have to go with dodgeball. Uh, All right. Let's move into the buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to let people know about? Uh, Andrew, kick us off. What do you got?
2: Uh, I'm going to go with the movie that you keep saying is really good, and I finally checked it out. I'm going to go with Greenland. Oh, nice. What would you think? Yeah. It is decent. I liked it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You
2: know what? (laughs) Uh, you, You kept a... You kept comparing it to like a uh, you know the uh, the big uh, disaster movies of the '90s and stuff mm-hmm. like that. This is a lot darker than those disaster movies of sure. the '90s, I sure. think. Yeah. Um, but it's still really good, and I found elements of this. I'm like, yeah, that's probably how it would go. Yeah, that's probably, and that's what I really appreciated about this movie mm-hmm. is like there was a realness to it, and that in in in, in and of itself made elements of this movie a lot more terrifying. Yeah. Of like, uh, what would you do? Uh, I wouldn't have to worry because there's no way in hell I would ever be in the selected. So I wouldn't have to worry about that. I wouldn't have right. to worry about that phone call. Like, Let's they're, just go get like, a drink and wait. Yeah, they're not calling me, you know, um, I'm going to be um, uh, like Stick from Daredevil. I'm just going to be sitting there with my buddies playing cards until the end, you know, mm mm-hmm. uh, fun. It's yeah. a, it, but it was a really good movie. I uh, yeah. I think it's it's, it's a, one of
1: my favorite like straight disaster movies we've had in a long time. I agree. It reminded mm-hmm. me it reminded me a lot of Armageddon, Deep Impact, Twister, the ones that like the big blockbuster events we used to have every summer it seems. And this would that's definitely like a good throwback to that.
3: Yeah.
2: I will say this Marina Bakarin in this movie is really good. She is swinging for the fences with her performance like <clears There's <clears some the whole moments, thing with man. their kid Nathan. Yeah, yeah that, that hit home. So uh, yeah, and then Gerard Butler doing his Gerard Butteriness. Mm-hmm. He's, he's dependable. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yep. uh, I will go next. I checked out Gunpowder Milkshake, a recent release on Netflix, I believe. I saw this
1: I saw this in my feed. How was
3: it? Okay, I have complex thoughts. Um <laughs> the, the overall, I will say that this movie is very I don't want to use the word Good, um, it's it's compelling. Let's go with compelling. Uh, this is one of those movies that you you watch and you're just like, I'm into the world building. I like what you're doing here. Uh, the action is fun and interesting and engaging. Um, it's you know definitely a lot of that going on. Um, the cast is is you know, one like Carla Gugino, uh, Michelle Yeoh, Lena Headley, uh Angela Bassett, Paul Giamatti. like there's like there's good people showing up in this. Uh, and that's not to mention Karen Gillan who's kind of the central character. Um so I had a really good time. However, I don't know that there's a lot underneath it that uh, like engaged me in any kind of intellectual way. I wanted it to be a little more all let's let's just say this. All of the thematic stuff is right on the surface. It it's not like metaphored or layered in or anything like that. Like, I mean, obviously we are dealing with a group of women assassins and that is right there on the surface. You know exactly what that's indicating, saying, you know, uh, the villain and the things the the villain men say, like none of that is subtle, right? Like this isn't doing anything subtle with its message, and not every movie has to. Um so yeah, I I would compare it to like um, you know, uh, John Wick kind of idea where like if if you really dig the world building and the action, you're gonna have a blast with it. Um,
0: okay,
3: and uh, and so you know, I I I think some people will cringe a little bit at that, and you know, say John Wick's on another level. Maybe you're right, maybe not. I don't know. Um, you know, you said it was on
1: Netflix, right?
3: I believe it is on Netflix.
1: Yeah. Well, then I'm already. That's fine. <laughs> that's zero <laughs> effort. for me. I don't have to go out of my way. I don't have to pay any extra cash. I don't have to log in. Bar- to, like, barrier to
3: watch. entry uh, is zero. It's very low. There's um, an old meme,
1: and it's it's from the movie we mentioned earlier, right, uh, Winter Soldier, where mm-hmm. where Sam is telling uh, Steve some like all the stuff he missed while you were under the ice, and he's like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I'll add it to the list." And my thought yeah. is, movie exists. Okay, I'll add it to the list. Like I don't. There's yeah. no. You don't have to convince me. There is I'll watch it.
3: there is something going on here with mothers and daughters. And like there are the, the movie is saying something about mothers and daughters. Um, you know, so I, I don't want to make it sound like there's nothing that this movie is trying to say underneath the surface. Uh, but it just wasn't as engaging to me, um, and part of that may be that I've I've never been a mother or a daughter. But you know, I I often love movies that engage me on a level of something I haven't personally experienced. So um, I I think for the most part you're going to like it for the action and the world building would be my guess. Um, okay, so yeah. I think it's worth. I mean, a watch.
2: with a cast with a cast like this, and it's an
3: action movie, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, I think it's worth a watch. I think I think you'll have a good time. Um, that that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. As long as, I, I think you've, you know,
2: set the uh, expectation bar that, you know, we're not getting mm-hmm. the next Citizen Kane or anything like that. but Yeah.
3: I, I enjoyed, I will say this, I enjoyed Atomic Blonde more than this. Um, so, you know, kind of on that range, okay. it's a similar idea, concept, um, similar things you'll like about those movies. But I actually liked Atomic Blonde more, although I may be in the minority on that. So, um, this is a little more this is a little more over the top where atomic blonde is a little more gritty right like this is a yeah. little more like bright colors and you know that kind of stuff so. hey
2: i love over the top action there
3: you go uh' I, I need, Sometimes off.
2: you just need a movie where you can turn your brain off and enjoy some
3: explosions uh Jonathan what do you got for your uh, buried treasure
2: so I went in a
1: different direction uh, this is a completely <laughs> left field pick it is a short film from 1977 produced by the British British transportation films warning children about the dangers of railway lines. It's called The Finishing Line. Okay. And the entire narrative takes place in this little boy's head. He's overlooking the railroad tracks and he's imagining what would happen if we did play on the railway tracks even though we're not supposed to. And in his head over the next 20 minutes, you see a series of Olympic style games with all of his classmates, like who can run through, run over the train tracks fast enough just as the train comes. And it's like, red team, blue team, go oh no yellow team got hit by the train and died you didn't make it and then uh the next round is like another game involving the train. who can like throw rocks at the train as it passes by and it's like oh you hurt three people inside you lose and then the final challenge is walking through the dark train tunnel all at once all like 100 kids walking through the train tunnel and, and like one of the last shots of the film i'll just spoil it because it doesn't matter is only three of them coming out the other end like everyone the implication is every child has been run over by a train and killed and the movie is not graphic at all like it doesn't show any of this it's all just implied but it is such a curiosity to watch the kind of like psas after school specials they would have shown to kids 44 years ago in britain like hey trains are dangerous and if you don't believe us watch all these kids die <laughs> and it, it is it is and it's on youtube you can watch it for free and it there's something there's like a cult quality to these like old movies that are like really um Uh, I don't want to try to figure that It's not, again, not graphic, but the implied graphicness of it. And like the acting is all like very straight and not at all concerned with like how horrifying the implications are. And it's, it's such an interesting and curious movie. And if you have 20 minutes and you're into some weird, morbid stuff like this, like I am, uh, it was an interesting (laughs) film. And it, it sent me down a rabbit hole. There's five or six of these where they all kind of like play off the fears of like young British children. And, uh, yeah, these movies are very weird, and wow. I kind of loved it.
3: Wow. Just wow. Yeah. yeah. That's wow. <laughs> that is, uh, that is quite, wow. quite a buried treasure. Uh, I, I, well, you, yeah. you said
1: buried, and, like, I, I took that to heart. This only has 315 watches on Letterbox. It is not a very well-known film, but the people have have seen it, average rating, 8 out of 10.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wow. that is different. The finishing line uh is that is that what it's called and you can check the, that out on youtube
1: yeah it's on the quality's Dude. not great but uh yeah it's it's it has like that campy quality to it that makes it kind of funny unintentionally and also super morbid and weird
2: man john you that treasure was so buried <laughs> after you dug it up you also found baby jessica down there didn't you
3: <laughs> it's buried pretty deep that
2: is deep man that is deep I had,
3: I had to go for something weird <laughs> Uh,
1: I can safely state. say I no one has ever mentioned the finishing line on this show. Yeah, You are absolutely right, Phil. That is a first, I'm yeah.
3: sure. <laughs> the finishing line is on YouTube. Uh, Greenland, I think, is on HBO Max. And Gunpowder Milkshake yes. is yes, on yes, yes. Netflix. Well, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Woo! Never let anyone tell you if you set your mind to something, you can't make it happen. Uh, podcasting has happened today, and we all are rejoicing. It- Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show.
2: (laughs) Phil, Phil. (laughs) I have
3: no idea what just happened.
2: I'm just kidding. My goal is to get less and less intelligible. Got it. Well,
3: success. Success has happened. Uh, Thank you to Drew for putting together the visual content for the show. Big claps. And thank you to Jonathan Paula for hanging out with us again today. Uh, Where do you want to send people today, Jonathan? Um, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> why don't you, do you, you check out my Letterbox feed? Um,
1: I'm always rating and reviewing stuff over there.
3: There you
1: go. Letterbox.com forward slash John Paula. That's without an H. And uh, yeah, you can hear what I thought about the finishing line and its <laughs> counterpart years. from the year prior called Apaches, where the kids play Indians at a farm and accidentally fall into a tractor. So that's also wow. an enjoyable one. Wow. What just, in the wow. World? Just, throw that,
3: just throw that in right in the clothes. Just throw it
1: you right can't, into the yeah. clothes.
0: Just.
3: Oh, check that one out, um, If you would <laughs> you like to support a, this one kind of, those, of... like, you know, hay <laughs> billing machines. No, we got bailing. it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> if you would like to support this kind of nonsense, uh, you can go to <laughs> patreon.com slash Support starts at 3 bucks a month. You get all uh, the bonus episodes at a certain level, as well as some other fun perks, depending on... Uh, your level of support. Uh, Lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating or a review. You can do that at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also email us any questions you have, any feedback you have to feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it in that listening is much easier than sequel baiting consecutive films with the exact same scene. We'll be back next week with Old and Snake Eyes. Uh, Some G.I. Joe and some M. Night Shyamalan next week. Episode 300. uh, Episode 300.
0: We'll catch you then.
1: Bye. See you later.